Hello and welcome to episode 1005 of the Sleeper in the Bust. Today is Tuesday, January 25th. I'm your host, Paul Spore. Joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. I think I nailed the I think I nailed the number, right? It's 1005. It is 1005. Uh it's it's kind of hard to like come up with all the numbers now. Like I was unsure of myself for a second there, and I you could tell that the little the little hesitation there. Um, yeah. How are you doing? I know you're uh, you're recovering. You're in recovery mode. Yeah, I had a little bit of minor dental surgery stuff. I don't even know if it's, I think it's considered surgery, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was in some pain yesterday. Still potted for two hours last I, night. Dude, yeah. you know, mailman style. Mm-hmm. Neither rain, nor sleet, nor snow, nor mouth surgery. Quite you're literally, doing your thing. Made, made my picks on the five six turn from the dentist chair. That's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll send you the picture. I, I, I literally like had like goggles on because they didn't want like any splash in my eye or anything like that. Like that's you so know, good. The dental bib and still made my picks taking Nick Castellanos and Will Smith. Um, okay, uh, which Will Smith? Uh, the pitcher. I, okay. I need closer. Yeah, um, that's uh, that's really interesting. We're actually going to talk about. Castellanos here and what we're doing today is the bad X and ATC are out so for you projection mm-hmm. hounds get out there now those two and steamer you got all three to look at you can you kind of mix and match do your thing today we're going to focus on the bat X down the line we'll look at some ATC stuff uh, Derek Cardi's excellent projection system and we're going to look at some potential gems on their end uh, at least in relation to steamer some guys that bad X has at each position that are markedly higher than where steamer has them uh, which will then lead me into asking you if you agree, if you see if you see what Bad X is seeing, or if you lean more towards Steamer, or in some cases you might just be plumb in between them. So let's start. Let's start before, at catcher. Go ahead. Before we start, though, can I ask yes. you a question? Because this is a question I posed last night. Okay. And obviously, it'd probably be better for someone who like Derek Hardy or Ariel Cohen who does someone smart. You're, you're saying. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. No, totally, yeah. totally, totally. Which, which let's pretend actually, I'm a smart person for a second. Which, which gives me the time to do this. Yeah, I, I can. There's a little, little ticker at the bottom. So, oh, um, I love for, that. Except for those, the message is not great for me. Yes, for, for those listening in audio, I have a little ticker on the bottom of the screen going, "Paul is dumb. Don't listen to him." Somebody so found I, a new tool. Yeah, I, I love that. I love uh, recording live. Uh, so, my question is considering. Projections rely partially or a lot on past performance, right? Mm-hmm. And we had the shortened 2020 season. And, and then we had a 2021 season that isn't going to be normal because of the shortened 2020 season. Good point, too. How much are we or how worried are we that projection systems may take a little bit of time to catch up because I mean, I think we've seen some weird, especially from pitching the pitching side of things where, you know, guys were maybe limited in 2021 because of the short 2022 season, like how seriously can we take projections for this year? I will probably continue to take them as seriously as I've always done, which is to say um, not to the top where I'm married to that number. I respect the, the work that goes into them. I would actually go the other way. I feel like they're I feel like they're bringing me back in line more so I don't get too crazy about 2020 um or even, you know, 
be careful a little bit on 2021 because you know they're going to have plenty of 2019 in there, and we feel so far removed mm-hmm. from that that uh, I think it can make a, a counter case that they're the ones kind of bringing things maybe back in line if people were getting a little bit too, uh, you know, outside taking outsized opinions from 21 and 20 and making it uh, create a different projection. I could see if the 19 influence is there enough, plus the general um, uh, conservatism of projections, I feel like they might they might actually have a, a measuring factor to kind of tamp things down. But I guess it'd probably be player-by-player player basis, right? Because what mm-hmm. you said about the uh, the innings management and, and, and the goofiness of these two seasons, there's going to be some cases where it's hard to do that and others where I think they will have a better case of doing that. Like if somebody didn't have a full 19 to kind of be that – that measuring stick to pull things back, then then what do we do, right? And so we get into players like that. Bottom line, I'll go back to what I said at the very beginning, taking them as seriously as, I was, as I've always done, which is they are part of the mix. They've never been my full mix. They've never been something that I rely on exclusively. And I will continue to do that because I do agree with you that there is some extra volatility in them that even projections cannot uh, account for, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I'm... I'm right there in kind of lockstep with you. So in this instance, I don't believe you're dumb um, or wrong. Yes. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I kind of, I, I I definitely am like kind of shying away a little bit from really relying on projections. I definitely want to look at them and kind of see what I agree with, see what I disagree with. But, um, you know, I just, I wonder how much of the craziness from the last two seasons um is is really affecting them i definitely need to have derek on at some point yes we should have them on together talk with him as always they make me dig more one way or the other right even when one fully confirms what i'm at what i'm on about okay let's make sure that i'm not just taking the back pat the the you know visual back pat from from derek or oh he likes the guy i like great Mm gung-ho move him up my list even more okay well let's uh, let's make sure that everything's good okay what about somebody i fully disagree with Let's look further. Maybe I need to make an adjustment there. So as always, they're causing me, projections are causing me to uh, to dive further. And that's what it's all about is just jumping in further and getting to where you feel comfortable with the player and, and your opinion on them, right? Mm-hmm. Just for a quick example, um, they've got Max Stassi crazy low. In fact, both projection systems really do. They am at the 22nd catcher. And um, – I already understand that. I totally get that. He's injured all the time, and uh, he has a max of 319 plate appearances set this past year, and he's going to be 31. So there is reason for projections to be a bit cautious with them. I still see a guy who's shown extreme power. I understand that the the uh, health is a piece that is missing, but I'm willing to take him well above that 22nd ranking uh, because of the, the skills that I've seen. And without – Honestly, on the hope, you know, I know hope mm-hmm. is you, you don't want to put too much just on blind hope. It's not blind hope, but hoping to spike 120 games from an in, uh, a healthier season. And then I think Max Stassi can hit 20 homers. But I understand why he's 22nd on uh, the bat X and 21st on steamer. There are reasons for him to be down there. Um, and he's also pretty cheap in ADP for similar reasons. So I will I will take that into account, even though I have him ranked twelfth uh, or eleventh myself. I don't know exactly where I have him. So yeah, always just using them to help better my uh, my thoughts on players. Never just blindly following them, positive or negative. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. 
All right. Well, let's talk about the first guy here. Gary Sanchez for the Bad X um, ranks quite a bit higher. And another thing that we're going to learn during this, I'm not going to necessarily give the comparison numbers for both Steamer and Bad X on every player we do, but just to crystallize how much small changes can really move a guy up the rankings, uh, you're going to hear these these differences and you're going to be like, this is not that stark. And yet you're going to learn that Sanchez is 17th on Steamer Mm -hmm. and 9th on the Bad X. And that's with a 223 average. That's the key difference, by the way. Remember that number. 24 homers, 57 ribbies, 70, excuse me, 53 runs. That's for Bad X. 210 average, so 13 point difference, 20 homers, minus four, 53 ribbies, minus four, and and, uh, 48 runs, also minus four. So those minus fours in the three counting categories, but the minus 13 in average is the big change there. And that's why Gary Sanchez is ninth for the bad X. And again, 17th for steamer. Where do you come out with Gary Sanchez? Closer to the bad X, closer to steamer or smack dab in the middle? Oh, I hate to sit on the fence here. I feel kind of smack dab in the middle. Like I, I could see a huge range of outcomes for a guy like Gary Sanchez. I mean, we know he's got legitimate power. Uh, you know, the question is, you know, how much is he going to strike out? Um, is he, you know, going to play enough? Like, will they give him more plate appearances? Because, like, he would be great as their DH, but they have so many bodies they need to put at DH that I don't think he's ever going to play a ton there uh, necessarily. True. So, I mean, they're going to play Judge. Judge's defense, when he's healthy, he's playing every day. I think Stanton, yeah, but Stan, shows... Stan, Stan and Voight are the two that ends up, especially, like, if they make a deal for a Matt Olson, which has been heavily rumored. Makes no you gotta sense. Think. It does make no sense, but... But That's, yeah, I know it yeah. has been. It has been. It's, band, it's been the prevalent, out. yeah, rumors. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I have Sanchez. Actually, I should double check where I have Sanchez in my ranks because um, I just released my catcher update or a catcher update ranks. I have him twelfth in my ranks, so I guess I'm more with like the it. bat. Yeah, yeah. I think it's more about the rest of the pool. Like, I just don't know what I'm going to get from a ton True. of those guys, uh, and there is. A pretty big drop off, really after like Mitch Garver, who I had. It's, it's funny because yeah, I just I literally just moved Gary Sanchez up behind Mitch Garver. I, I just mm-hmm. I had Sanchez quite a bit lower, I think nineteenth, and I was like, well, what's the difference between Garver and Sanchez? Not really that much, um, except I'm for Sanchez gonna, has been healthy and Garver has. Yeah, been. and S- Sanchez probably has a better shot at playing time right now overall. Mm-hmm. I should almost maybe put Sanchez atop. Garver, but then yeah. keep those two together. Any moves, they should probably be probably be moving together, in my opinion. So I'm moving Sanchez up uh, right by Garver there. And in fact, the bad X, Sanchez 9, Garver 10. And I, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of joining that. I'm going to keep Garver ahead. I still, I'm still going to keep Garver on top, but I'm going to keep them 13 and 14, respectively. Yeah, I've got, I've got Sanchez above the, you know, aforementioned uh, Max Stassi. Uh, above Garver, and it's largely about health. I mean, as and much as I think maybe, you know, to steal the old 06010 phrase, like the hate has gone a little bit too far on Gary Sanchez because I think people are still remembering, oh, this guy used to be a second-round pick or third-round pick in two catcher leagues uh, and then completely fell off the map. He's mm-hmm. still better than the majority of catchers in baseball offensively, um, and the Yankees are going to play him. So, like, That's the he, thing. he stays I- healthy. Like, you know, 
I think they're going to continue to kind of find ways. Now, if the trade they make happens to be catcher oriented, well, then we yeah. change our tune. The but, other, the other rumor to them is Wilson Contreras, right? So well, one thing I'll say is, or I'll ask you: twenty-three homers, fifty-four ribbies, and runs last year with a two-hundred-four average in four hundred and forty plate appearances. Where do you think that puts Sanchez last year among catchers? Uh, I'm gonna say it was fifteenth. Nailed it. Oh, he nailed nice. it. And so that actually makes me feel better about being a little bit lower, though, because I don't – that's – you said compared to the rest of the pool, he should be higher, and I get it. And I moved him up. I had 19. 19 was too low. But I'm not going to go much beyond that because that season that he put, I think, is right, – it's right in line with the bad X projection, except for the 223 average. If they're right about the average, that then all bets are off. You spike mm-hmm. that extra 11 – or excuse me, uh, 19 points of average – from 204 to 223, that would be a huge boost. But I'm I'm looking more at another 2021 from Gary Sanchez. So I'm going to keep him here in the teens. It's just a couple spots behind you, but it still is a good bit below uh, bad X at ninth for Gary Sanchez. I, mean, I will they, say he had an XBA of 228. So because he smacks the ball, yeah. I mean, but he crushes the ball, but he strikes guys, out so much. And, and yeah, he strikes out like a ton and. Guys like that can they can have a little bit misleading on the XBA stuff because they can be those guys that crush the ball, but um, can can have outs come from it due to their speed still. Like things that would normally be a hit for a medium or better speed speed guy. Um, I, I remember Pujols is the easiest example of this. The shortstop can play Pujols in like short left field, basically. So when he laces one at 104, that would normally be a nice one hopper to the left fielder for a single, is an out because of uh, Pujols' speed. Sanchez is not on that level of speed, but I wonder if he loses a few hits here and there due to that. But he smacks the ball so hard that his XBA still runs high. So XBA is probably why the bad X got him back up to 223. Uh, we saw 232 back in 2019. Then he had a disaster 2020, 147 average. I mean, it was 178 point appearances, and then 204 last year. So I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's impossible. I will say this: this convo alone put Sanchez back in my in my draftable pool at the very least because I really wasn't even looking at him at 19. I was like, ah, I'm pretty much out. No, I'm 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 realizing being in is the right move here because he's he's 246 ADP. Mm-hmm. That's really just not that expensive, you know? So, all right, that's Gary Sanchez at catcher. Let's move on. This one, I think, even crystallizes the uh, the what small differences can do in projections even more so. Moving over to first base, Trey Mancini. Uh, the Bad X likes him quite a bit. They've got him at 11th among their, uh, among their first basemen, thanks to a 270 average, 28 homers, 82 ribbies, 81 runs. Uh, compared to Steamer, which has 25 homers minus three, 82 runs or 82 ribbies, even 80 runs minus one. What's the big difference again? 15 points of batting average from 255 on Steamer to 270 on the bad X. He hit 255 last year, Mancini did, but he's a 271 career average guy. So we're looking at you know two different things here with the batting average being the biggest difference. That batting average difference is enough to move Trey Mancini down 10 spots to 21 on Steamer. So it's 15 points. It's it's substantial, but virtually nothing else is different, and it's a 10-spot jump uh, there with that 15 points of batting average. Do you believe more in the bad X side here or the Steamer side of Trey Mancini? 
Hmm. God, that's that's hard. I kind of believe a little bit of both. I kind of believe that the 270 average sounds about right for a guy like Mancini and could potentially even be a little bit better than that, um, you know, with the, uh, the wall being moved back and up. Uh, could lead to, you know, a little bit higher Babbitt uh, for him. Yeah, some more hits falling um, in. Yeah, uh, but I don't know that I'm with the wall moving back. I don't know that I'm as comfortable with 28 home runs. Well, that's all right, because both of them have that. So, Or no, excuse me, excuse me. Steamer does Steamer have 25. 25. You're right, you're right. So you so like I more of the 25 homers, but the 270 average. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would probably, you know, if we combine those two, then you're probably putting him uh, more in the teens then. Mm-hmm. Is that where you have him ranked? Where do you have Mancini ranked? I think I've got him ranked in the teens. Uh, that sounds about right. Uh, let's see. Oh, no, I have him 21st. Okay. So maybe he needs to come up a little bit. He definitely needs to come up a little bit. I had him 19th, um, and um, I, I moved him up recently. 19th in my posted rankings. He moved up even before this. I don't think I'm going to do a second move here. I already had him at 15th, just based on realizing, like, hey, you know, he can hit for an average that is not too bad. I I, I think I, I, I was – pigeonholing him in my mind as more of like a low average high power guy um i mean 2019 he hit 291 he just had an amazing Mm -hmm. season 242 the year before that let's put everything on the table here but it goes 293 242 291 255 and keeping to the ironclad never fails every other year routine Mm -hmm. um, that you can uh, 1000 percent bet on from players he's hitting 290 something this year Justin, it's yeah. locked in stone. Absolutely, this is, <laughs> but this is the Alex Rios of yes, uh, of first the Brett Saberhagen mm-hmm. Saberhagen metrics, as as Jason calls them, mm-hmm. of the every other year. Uh, but no, you know, he has vacillated a bit in batting average, but kind of the middle of bouncing between mid two forties and low two nineties is something in the two seventy range. So I moved him up to fifteen. I realized, you know, guys that I do like but need to be a little bit smarter on like uh, Ty France and Alex Kirilov specifically. Trey Mancini needs to be above them for me. We need to see where Kirilov's wrist is at. And frankly, mm-hmm. France just hasn't shown the power that a Mancini has while Mancini has shown uh, that he can be kind of near Ty France's batting average capabilities. And so that's that, literally what I just did is move him in front of Ty France. So there you I, go. Uh, I just I've felt like that was the right move. I've got him at 19 right now. Okay, so we, we both moved up Trey Mancini there um, based on just giving a little bit deeper thought. Mm-hmm. All right, going to second base, this one didn't surprise me, and this is a guy who I do think is chronically under – I think he's just forgotten, and mm-hmm. you, you end up – whenever he gets drafted, I feel like if, I don't, if I'm not the one to take him, I'm always like, damn it, yep, I should have. Why didn't I take him last round? And it's Gene Segura um, out there for Philly, still just doing his thing, and just quietly ho-hum, putting up seasons. So the Bad Axe has him 11th to to Steamer's 19th, so an eight-point split here in ranking. And the the stats that we've got here, please hold, I'm pulling up the page. Uh, For the Bad Axe, hitting a 283, 18 homers, 9 steals, 71 ribbies, and 76 runs. The Steamer had 280, so minus 3 on the points, 15 homers, minus 3, Nine steals, even, 64 ribbies, minus seven, uh, 81 runs, actually plus five. So not down in everything. They have more runs for him, but fewer homers um, and a little bit lower batting average. Again, this one surprises me that three homers, three points of batting average, um, seven fewer ribbies, but five more runs creates an eight-point split here between Mm -hmm. the two. 
So where do you come out on Gene Segura? Is he somebody that you see as undervalued? And, uh, and because the, the dollar values are starkly different too. 1250 for the bad X and 360, or excuse me, 430 for steamer. And maybe that's just a calculation there and how they get to their dollar values. But I'm, I'm surprised by that. That seems stark. Yeah. Um, I always feel like Gene Segura is underrated, even by me at times. Uh, I, I recently had to kind of redo my ranks around him because I had him like somewhere in the mid-20s uh, and had to bust him up quite a few spots uh, to, let's see, uh, I've moved Gene Segura all the way up to 17. Um, you got him at 17? Yeah, I got him at 17. And I mean, I had him, I want to say, like around 24, 25 yep. at one point. And so, so did I. Uh, but so I can't remember who made the point on Twitter. So I, I'm sorry I can't give uh, give a little bit more credit. But people were, someone was talking about like O'Neill Cruz and like, oh, you know, he, he's getting these, you know, all, you know, all this push uh, as a quote unquote sleeper. Um, but like Gene Segura is like just forgotten about, even yeah. though he gives five category production. It's because it's well, boring. He's yeah. 32 and he's boring. And it's like, and while I disagree okay. on the O'Neill Cruz hate, I, you know, I was like, you know what? They're right. They're completely right about Segura being kind of completely overlooked because he doesn't have the standout tool. Though I think we could probably disagree with that considering like 290 is it a fantastic batting average. That's a standout tool. Yeah. yeah. That's a standout, like, you know, stat in fantasy at this point, especially considering how late he goes. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think Segura is uh, wildly underrated this year. I want to say I actually uh, I've been having to run some errands, be out a bit, listening to more pods. And I want to say it was Eno and Derek talking about Segura and his value in the same capacity of, like, he's just a boring, forgotten guy. And then you look up and you realize you could possibly get a double-double. Um you know, he went 12, 10 back in 2019, 14 and nine last year, 18 and nine is the projection this year. And I totally think that, but you're paying for the batting average uh, and a low double, double, and then a handful of ribbies and runs just from playing most days. I think Gene Segura is one of those boring guys. That's never going to get you all excited. No one's going to ooh and ah yet in the room. Who cares dude mm -hmm. produces and uh, i had to move him up too i had him 21 in my initial ranking and frankly that should have been called out but he we all do it like the general consensus is overlooking gene segura and, i think uh, often when we get to that point in the draft we're looking for a particular stat right like, or or we're looking for the flashy that can like go way high huge upside but he could too why couldn't he go like couldn't he go 20 and 14 yeah, I mean, he could theoretically be a 2020 guy. I mean, you know, I'm not going to bank on that, but sure. I mean, he's he's. But only we're talking about upside, right? And like yeah. at 32, that's the thing. We think guys that are 30 plus, they don't have that. They're viewed as not having upside, and that's just mm -hmm. not true. Yeah, um, because he's been so steady. I, and I get that, but pay for what he already does. That's a great price for what he already does at at pick 209. But don't think that Gene Segura doesn't have some upside. And maybe it's yeah. not even in the power, really. Maybe it's just that he gets a bug in his butt and wants to go crazy on the bases. He hasn't run wild in a while. 20 steals back in 2018. We're not that far removed. And I know a 57th percentile sprint speed, people are going to be like, well, I don't know how much he's going to run. Sprint speed, A, is not the number one indicator of stealing bases. Mm -hmm. uh, two, he's a savvy base runner. He knows what he's doing on there. If he wants to get going a bit, 
he can push a double digit stolen base total and Gene Segura can be a nice value. Yeah. I mean, and you know, aside, you know, the flip side of the upside, like the floor is super safe. We're talking about a guy who outside of 2020, obviously has posted at least 550 plate appearances in every season of his career. Like, I mean, he just, do just plays. Um, and sometimes you need those guys. Like he's a glue guy. He allows you to stay balanced. He allows you to, uh, you know, rack up plate appearances. Yeah. I mean, he's just really, isn't he, um, isn't he the continuation? Isn't he just Howie Kendrick now? Isn't he just feeling? I think he's better. I think he's better than Howie Kendrick. Kendrick didn't run. Go, go look at what Kendrick was running in comparable years. I think for the age comparison, I think it, I think it might actually work. Now, now, for where he is now, I'm talking mm-hmm. Kendrick. Um, you know, Segura ran more back in the day than Kendrick ever did. I agree with that. I'm talking like at this juncture in his career, isn't he just kind of peak Howie Kendrick? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he probably is. Right. Maybe, like, he's, got, so, maybe he's got more power than Kendrick did at this point in his career. Well, I, I'm saying, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I think I'm being unclear. I'm not comparing age 31 to age 31. I'm saying Segura today is mid twenties. Howie Kendrick. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. That's what I'm saying there. Right, and, so and that was a, that was a nice little, I, I was being, uh, I was being unclear. Pardon me. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm saying. So if you liked peak Howie Kendrick, you're now getting that as, as uh, agent yeah. Gene Segura. And I think that's pretty damn good. And I think there's upside for more. Exactly. Exactly. With the batting average, if he just spikes a big Babbitt here and things go wild and he's hitting like 325, nobody would be surprised. Or if he decides to run a bit more or if Philly says, let's push it a little bit. And all of a sudden he's stealing 20 bags again. And even if, all you get is another 14 and nine with a 280 average and it's ho-hum boring. You will not be upset at pick 200 for mm-hmm. James Segura. All right, let's move over to shortstop. Talk about uh, best player on the best team, Javier Baez. Welcome to the squad. Just an absolute god of a player. <laughs> I've never said an ill thing about him. And why would no, he? Because he's no. legitimately perfect as a player. And the batting, <laughs> the batting greens. <laughs> so, um, this one, another another batting average one. A lot of these differences do come down to batting average, but they have them 11th here. Actually, hang on. That was among second basemen. At shortstops, the bad X has Baez at 12 mm-hmm. against Steamers 21. So another stark split, and I'll tell you off rip, nine points of batting average. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's 27 homers, 14 steals, 80 ribbies, 78 runs. Not a whole lot of difference there. The biggest difference there between Steamer and the Bad X is minus seven runs on Steamer down to 71. Otherwise, it's minus one homer plus three ribbies. They actually have 83 ribbies and minus one steal from 14 to 13. So again, pretty similar projections, yet a pretty big difference in ranking here. Where do you come out on Baez between, I guess, primarily between the 254 and 245? uh, Because the batting averages are the real difference here. Are you in on Baez in Detroit? Um, I, my ranks have him a little bit higher than this. Uh, I wonder if he, I wonder if he could run a little bit more mm-hmm. than he did last year. Now that he's got a contract that doesn't, you know, have to play it so conservative. Um, and he, and he still stole 18 last year. He went 31, yeah. 18, 265. Like, and the Tigers are a team that run. They were like seventh or eighth in baseball in terms of stolen bases. So, um, yeah, I think the I think both projections are a little bit low in terms of what we're seeing 
in terms of his stolen base potential. So, and that's why I have him a little bit higher. Uh, so I definitely prefer the, the, the greater projection in, in the bat. Um, I think there's some concern people have that, you know, moved to Detroit, not as power, nice, you know, the power kind of uh, suffering a little bit. I don't necessarily know that I buy it too much. I, you but, know, maybe, maybe he loses a few cheapies, but. But maybe trades it for a handful more base hits though, too, because of that spacious center field. And uh, the the right center gap that he can go oppo into for some doubles and triples. And I don't know. Let me ask you this. Would you rather have, say, like 33 homers and a 240 average or 25 but a 265? Mm. So 25 points of average versus seven homers. Yeah, I, I want the 25 points of average. I do, too. Um yeah, especially, especially in, in an overall format. If I'm punting batting average, obviously I'll go the other way. But sure. Um, but yeah, no, I'll you know if I'm trying to stay balanced, I'm going to take that batting average and, and kind of go to the bank because I can find seven homers later. Like I, I mean, can, his two sixty five is the full season low for all mm-hmm. the issues that he has, and he and Javier Baez has issues. I'm not changing my tune completely just because he's a tiger. I was being silly at the beginning there. Um, the bat, the strikeout rate is scary. But he hits the ball so hard and he has speed that he maintains high BABIPs. I don't know that that's going to crater. So dropping down to 245 to me uh, seems weird. He's a career 335 BABIP. Why does Steamer have him at 311? Why do they have yeah. such weird BABIPs sometimes? Yeah, and for those people like, you know, wondering, like, I mean, when he left Chicago, he hit like almost 300. Yeah, he hit 299 with the Mets on a yeah. 390 Babip, and I'm not saying he'll 390 Babip again, but you know, I think you, there might be a got, little bit of sleeping on bias. Yeah, because you give a guy who hits the ball that hard, that spacious of a ballpark, and Tiger, same kind of in a situation, you know, the Babip's going to raise. Maybe 390 is not going to obviously sustain, but sure. Yeah, I, I think there is a, a good reason to bet. I think he is a little slept on. And I think in part because shortstop is so depth. I was just about to say this. Yep. I mean, insanely deep. You know, when we're talking about that kind of projection, you know, coming out as the, you know, 12th best shortstop, it just tells you how insanely deep the position is. Um, It really does, dude. It's crazy. But like, if I miss out on some of the, you know, quote unquote elite options, I'll take like diet elite in in Javier Baez for sure. That's a great call, diet elite. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, I have ninth, and this is I didn't move. This is the ranking that's on the site, and I, I'm just leaving him there. Yeah. And it, it's not Tiger influence. I just think that power speed. I can even plan for a little bit of batting I'm average tonight. I'm gonna move Let's go. Polanco down a spot. Interesting um, thing is, um, we're still lower than the yeah. bad X, mm-hmm. and or um, higher than the bad X. Excuse me, because they have him at twelve. But that that speaks to the depth. Um, the, a couple guys that I have him ahead of that. The bad X doesn't. Um, I, I'm worried about Seager in Texas. I'm just and Wander yep. Franco. Um, he's yep. got Wander Franco sixth, which is very interesting to me. Uh, but we can get he's got Wander Franco six. Wow, yeah, yeah, he's uh, got him hitting 299, yeah. 29 steals. That's part I, I don't, I don't know about that. 80 ribbies, uh, 84 runs. Like, uh, none of that's terribly out of bounds. That's mm-hmm. crazy that that makes him sixth. Um, Wow. Yeah, I, I did. I hadn't seen that earlier. That's that's really interesting to me. Sixth for Wander Franco. Hey, if you're gonna bet on somebody, it, it might as well be like one of the I'm best just, we've ever seen. I'm just surprised the bad X is uh, 
so high on him because he is, you know, the bat traditionally really, you know, like bumps up hard against rookies or prospects. Like, well, I, I think he's learned that he need Derek has to refine that though, because it is different. He went off a lot of historical stuff mm-hmm. where, uh, did used to take guys a bit longer, but we're seeing guys come up more developed, more ready. And he was having a lot of misses, uh, with that. And I think he realized, okay, I got to take some of these minor league numbers a bit more seriously when I'm plugging them in to the projection. So I don't just hard regress everybody who comes up and you're still going to have your Kelnicks who come. It's not like everyone comes up and dominates either, but he's had mm-hmm. a few, um, uh, high profile, you know, Acuna and uh, Tatis specifically, yeah. I believe, where he's saying, hey, be cautious. And then everyone acts like you don't know anything because you got these, you know, wrong. You 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 preached caution and they were great. So now you know nothing, apparently, is what uh, apparently is the thinking for some folks who uh, have weird, weird, weird vendettas against Derek. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. let's move on. A oh, really good dude, by the way. I love. Derek. Yeah, Der- Derek's awesome. So I'm I'm pro Derek. There's my bias there. I, I, that's I will gladly admit that he's a friend, and uh, yeah, that, that's where that is. Uh, Justin Turner is our third base choice here, and I got to say, both sites like him. Uh, both both projection sets like him and like him quite a bit more than I do. And I think I'm I think my ranking is solely based on. I think is a little bit of the hot potato of like I don't want to be caught holding the bag um, on his health. Because what what if what if it craters at some point? Like it, it it's it's kind of built in. Well, first off, he just played 151 games, so hats off to Justin Turner at age 36, bucking all the health issues that have been talked about with him and baked into his price and playing 151. So maybe there is no reason for concern, uh, and maybe I need to push up a bit because when he plays, he's a god. And that's mm-hmm. the thing. Maybe even if he just plays 125, you're still liking him more than what where I, I have him at 17. I think that might be too low. But uh, the Bad X has him at four. Steamer has him at eight. The Bad X, 287 for Justin Turner, 26 homers, 83 ribbies, 81 runs. By the way, I haven't, I haven't given steals totals on these guys that don't matter because like one or two. Who cares? How um, dare you? That one. In case you're me. wondering, no, like, like, you I didn't win your lead by one. I didn't steal. give Mancini. I didn't give Sanchez's steals because they don't matter, and neither do Justin Turner's. So again, 287 average, two, 26 homers, 83 ribbies, 81 runs. Steamer says 273 average, 14 point difference there. 23 homers minus three, 85 ribbies plus two, and 80 runs minus one. So we have again. A, uh, a dispute here. Where do you come out on? Are you on the Justin Turner train? Uh, this is interesting enough because uh, right as we started, I went on the clock in this draft that uh, that I've been uh, was referencing earlier uh, on the let's see, is this a ten eleven turn? Mm-hmm. Um, and I took Justin Turner. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, so just uh, took I uh, paired Justin Turner with Framber Valdez. Um, and, uh, I feel pretty damn happy about it when he is on the field. Like you mentioned, he is fantastic. Yep. Um, and last season was the most amount of plate appearances he put up in a season since 2016. So, I mean, he seems healthy. Now we also get the DH in the national league, which means they can give him days off to rest. Uh, and you know, potentially hopefully keeping him healthier longer. I really like Justin Turner this year. I've actually slowly moved him up through the offseason in my ranks to the point where I have him as my 10th first or third baseman. 
literally just moved him to 11th. So yeah. I'm right I, there with I just you. moved him right in front of Chris Bryant. I was being overly cautious. I got to be honest. If you had asked me how many games he played last year, I'd have come up with some bullshit number like 132 would, or something. Yeah, I would have said no I was idea. About to say, I would, I would have said 130 something. You know the saddest uh, thing about it? I it's not that I didn't have him. I don't have the excuse of I didn't have him anywhere last year. I got him on like four or five teams. Like yeah. I'm a Justin Turner guy, and I just dismissed him. It's just one of those blank, one of those blind spots where when you're doing for me, this is my process. When you do that first ranking set for me, it's in October because I want to be ready for the uh, mm-hmm. Arizona draft at FPAS. Um, oh, I, obviously I don't go through everybody. I, I I go memory and I just start pushing through and ranking and ranking yep. and he wound up down there. And now I'm looking, I'm like, that was foolish. That's way yep. too low for him. Even with injury concerns um, of age, age and injury, he still needs to be higher because Justin Turner, when he plays is so awesome. There's nothing in his profile that you can point to either. All you can say is injury and age. Like that's yep. it. And those are concerns, but at some point, you got to understand where the production is and realize that it pick one. What do I always say? Don't double count things at 159. The age and injury are in the price because if he was 32 and healthy, he'd be the 50th pick, right? Or something like that. He'd be going where, um, like Bregman and Rendongo. So maybe like 70th, 80th pick or something, but it would be a lot higher. Yeah. It'd be a lot higher. I completely completely agree. It took him a 150. I'm super happy. I like that a lot. So we're on the Justin Turner train, uh, moving him on up. Another guy you talked about at the outset here, and I hinted that we would discuss Nick Castellanos. And I know that for you and I, we're going to have him a little lower than we when we will in um, March, just because he has no spot. And we always – I don't. Has, I won't. He's, he's, he can't go any higher for me. Oh, you made an exception for him because we usually have guys he's down gonna a little sign. bit. I mean, and I know like, he's going to sign. Everyone's going to sign, but we still play the – I'm. Oh well, I think you're changing your rules on the fly here I, for a guy. You I like, think he's one which of those guys. Fine. I think he's one of those guys because I, you know, I had this kind of. I was texting with uh, Bat Philip Crazy Toby uh, last night. We we're talking about our teams in this draft, um, and he was like, "Oh, I don't like the Cassianos pick." I was like, "Why?" He's like, "Well, he's going to lose home runs in Great America Ballpark." Uh, I was like, "His power plays everywhere." Now, after I said that, he was all like, "Go look at his home road splits." Mm-hmm. They're pretty gross. I know. That does scare me a little bit. That's that's why I thought I thought you would have a little bit of like I need to see where he lands. Caution, because I'm at 19, and and I will tell you that if he lands somewhere that is neutral or friendly, he's going up. But until then, I'm playing it cautious. 19 is actually where Steamer has him exactly two, and so I'll see if I agree with with Steamer's projection uh, on a neutral idea right now until we get a spot for him. But the bad X still has them 11th and they lean more toward you, I guess, where they're saying I have 14th. So actually there is no power difference. That's the funny thing between these projections. Well, there is power difference, but it's not home run related mm-hmm. 232 ISO to 215, but it's a one homer difference. Mm-hmm. Well, actually hang on again. Uh, there's 30 more plate appearances for steamer. So minus one homer that would actually probably be a little bit more of a stark difference if mm-hmm. they had the similar PA, but probably only another homer or two. So anyway, bottom line here, bad X for Nicholas Castellanos, 286 average, 30 homers, 95 ribbies, 88 runs, three steals just for you, Justin. Mm-hmm. Three, three very important steals. Steamer, 270, minus 16 points, 29 homers, minus one, 94 ribbies, minus one, 89 runs, plus one, three steals, even. So it comes down to, again, to another big batting average discrepancy of 16 points. 
we don't know where he's going to play, so it's hard to say that. It looks like the bad X is just taking what he does. He's a 278 career hitter, 331 BABIP. They're putting, and they realize that most of that's come from Detroit, which would have uh, not been as friendly paired with his time in Chicago and Cincinnati. They're saying that he can be over what he's normally done uh, as a batting average guy because probably looking mostly at the recent history when he's been 298, mm-hmm. 289. He was down to 225 in 2020. Doesn't 60 count. games. It doesn't count. Like, it doesn't matter because it's not the same. He never got time to work through that, so you can't treat it the same as a full season. And then back up to 309 last year. So I agree with the bad X having him at a 286. Like I, I think that's more in line uh, yeah. with where he's going to be. I do think I probably lean. I, I think if you had given me, if you said give me your snap projection, I would have said 280, 28, 90, 90 is probably what I would have said as like a snap idea. Um, is 19 too low for that? I don't know. Did you now, after that conversation with Toby, want to move Castellanos because you don't know where he's going to land? Or do you feel how I feel, which is I feel like he's, I think environment's going to be a bigger decision for Castellanos than like just the money. I feel like he would take a f- fewer dollars, not crazily, obviously, but he might take a little bit lower offer for a better park because he know he, he's front and center on parks. Remember how much he used to complain about Detroit, how excited he was to get into. If Chicago he was going to do that, why wouldn't he just not opted out of his deal in Cincinnati? We could still, he might still think he can get more than that though. I think he's taking money. I think, I think he's going to take money. I think he's obviously going to want to pick the best possible park for him, but I think I think he wants to get paid. Um, well, he can. You he don't can leave do like the one of the best hitting environments in the league to then worry about your hitting environment. He wants money. Both can be true, though. Why can't you opt out because you have this ability instead of? I'm glad I have the dumb milk. ticker going. No, I'm not. Though, like, I, <laughs> you're not necessarily making an extra sense here, like you think you are. 16 mil is what he's supposed to make. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's a good wage. Obviously it's well below the value that he's put out for the last few years. That's opting out does not say like, I will just take money at all costs. It's saying, Hey, Cincy, I'd even love to stay with y'all, but y'all know 16 mil ain't it. That's fair. Okay. And so what I'm saying is, I do think that the, like, if you, if you look at the contenders, the teams we expect to want to spend money. Who do we expect? Cause I don't know who's in on Castellanos. Um, like, who are, who are the, where are the potential landing spots for him? I think San Francisco might be a potential landing spot. And um, wouldn't that scare you then? Not really. Not with the way they move their fences. I know the and... park's playing better, but it is not, it's not the place to be. Well, and he's not a lefty. Like he's a righty, so it, it, is, it, is it, better, plays, it plays neutral. Like I want to say, I looked up his ex home run last night at San Francisco. Let me, let me see if I can go. Let's see if I still have it. I do still have the tab open. There we go. Laziness. Um, Thirty home runs have been his ex home run in San Francisco. What when? What was it? It was 30, thirty-four. Okay, in Cincinnati. Four homers is a lot. Like it, it like to take off a projection. Like that's a, that's a chunk. Like we, we we can make up four homers. I'm not saying that you can't, but I think we're I, learning. I, I think this is what we're learning from this project. No, because th- th- I'm giving you bad X and steamer. And we're like, these are not big differences. And yet it's creating 10, 12 ranking uh, plunges here and there. So I think a four homer difference is a big deal. 
Yeah, I still, I like, I feel like I probably should move him down, but I'm gonna keep know. him at 19 right now, personally. Uh, just, I might need to just redo that whole section of my teams in in my outfield ranks. Just by the way, like, like I, I'm looking at it, and I'm going, I should have Randy Rosarena higher. I should have. Where do you have Rosarena? A, a 17. Yeah, I'm 14. Yeah. Yeah, this speed oh, should should put him higher. Let me let me give you this park factor over at uh, Baseball Savant, mm-hmm. three year rolling average from the right side only. Giants are twenty eighth. Now I know that they made changes, so let me just do last year only, right? So that we don't even get nineteen in there. Take nineteen out. They're twenty ninth. They moved down one. So it's not like some great place. That what where the where for, where righties are. Uh, taken care of is singles and uh, doubles are neutral well, about neutral they're at 102 38 uh, triples factor 158 very very beneficial uh, for righties in Oracle Park but home runs are an 82 just above Chase Field by the way I don't think most people realize Chase I'm Field surprised. hardest place to hit a homer for a righty last year specifically hmm. um, so yeah if you went to San Francisco that's that's I might not, have to drop them down and that's bit. what I'm thinking is if San Francisco and God, I, I just who's another contender? Give me another team that might be in line for him, because I'm trying to map out this this money thing I'm talking about. I'm not saying that he would take like eight mil a year to go play in Coors versus twenty four mil to go play in San Francisco, but I'm thinking if it's like twenty two mil offer per year in San Francisco, but then uh, twenty one mil. What did I say? 22, 24 mil, like, like two, three mil. I think would be the difference that he might take for a markedly better environment. Not that he would completely waste his value and, and hurt the uh, uh, players association by taking a crazy deal. That's all I meant by the money thing. The reason he opted out is because he knows he's worth more than 16 mil. We know I that. Just, I have a hard time placing him to be honest. So do uh, I. And that's why I got him at 19. I feel I'm like gonna it's going to be a, nas- it's going to be a national league team that, doesn't have a player they can slot in the dh okay um so that he can know. mix in there because he's not a good fielder yeah philadelphia does that make sense what's their outfield setting up as because they got dh eligible guys i mean they have an elite I mean, catcher that they can get some extra days by putting him at dh they have reese hoskins yeah so, so have- philadelphia is not a good fit i mean i guess they could put him out in left field they've adam hazley there yeah Mickey Moniak in center. I mean, obviously Castillo can't play they can, center, can, but um, he's not a he, Philly's not a terrible fit. Philly's not a ter- so okay. So that that goes back to my, um, you know, you got a home friendly park, a hitter friendly park versus a uh, pitcher friendly park, and I think if they came in, based on what I think I know of Castellanos and how he feels about environments, I feel like he would take a few dollars less. And when I say few dollars, I'm I'm talking like two three million a year max. Nothing insane and that's a lot by the way mm-hmm. just because they're rich doesn't mean you don't want two mil more per year i think he might take like a 22 million dollar a year offer from philly over 24 25 in san francisco because of the environment that's what i meant with that initial point do you think that's still out of pocket i don't think it's out of pocket i but you, but you still don't think he necessarily would i don't think he necessarily okay would. I think, I and think frankly i don't think he should to be honest he shouldn't. If I'm him, I'd take that money. I would take all those money. Dollars, because, all those I mean, at, at this point, you know, depending on how long that contract is, this his is, last big dog. It's his, it might be his last big contract. So, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, at 29, you want to get a five year deal that, you know, sets you for the rest of your life. 
Exactly, exactly. So, all right, that's where I was on, on Castellanos. Um, all right, let's cap it off with a pitcher here. I originally had Clayton Kershaw because he, he had uh, Bad X has Kershaw a good bit higher. But I like, don't hey, like that. I, whatever the projection No, I know, I, I know. Like but uh, we, we've talked Kershaw plenty. So this one really stood out to me. And I knew this was a stark difference because the way I was doing it was I was looking at like the top 50 at each position. Um, and when I put this one in, uh, the steamer column didn't have a ranking because they didn't even rank him within the top 50. Whereas the Bad X has Bailey... Ober coming in really high at pitcher 38. What? So this is this is a very, very stark difference here. Steamer has Bailey Ober for a 450 ERA 127 whip with a 23 homer or 23% strikeout rate. Um the bad X has a 24% strikeout. It's actually 0.3. I, I don't like uh decimals because I think they're they're needless. They just add an extra number, especially on podcasts. So I cut them off, but we would round up to 24. But th this highlights my point. There's really no difference between 23 and 24. But the big difference is 424 ERA, 120 whip. So 0.26 off the ERA and 0 0.07, 26 points of ERA, seven points of whip is the big difference here. Even though Bat, Bat has 19 fewer innings, they still have a much brighter outlook for Bailey Ober. By the way, are you surprised that 424-120 in 126 innings is good enough for 38th among starters? The That's the part I, that really stood out to me. Yeah, the reason I kind of exclaimed right there was exactly that, because I was looking at his projection, and I was trying in my head trying to figure out, okay, what, what would a 120 or a 424 ERA put Bailey right? Ober with only 126 in it. That's the part. I, and I'm like, I'm stunned that this is the seven, a $7 season that put, and let me see. Um, do they have, uh, I mean, nine wins, both, both sides have nine wins projected. So it's not some like win windfall that is moving the ranking. It's really yeah. this ERA and whip. So I, uh, I was like, Oh, that's going to put him in the 50 something. Um, and so when you, when you said, you said 38, 38. That's Above McClanahan, Cease, Pablo Lopez, Fromberto, like some guys that I'm just stunned by. Yeah. Um, I may not use pitching projections at all this year. I really don't like a lot of pitching projections. This is weird. Um, yeah. I don't have him close to that. Like, I, I'm not even like so not remotely. Steamer has um, him 72. Are you are you in anywhere near that? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm sure I'm. I'm right around that. Actually. I have 77, so I'm in on that. And I have, I, nine, I have 97. I'm. I'm more. I'm more in line with top 80. I can. I can do that. I mean, there's a glaring issue, right? It's home runs. If you can curb the home runs, there's some upside because even with a 2.0 homer nine rate last year, Bailey Ober put up a 4.19 ERA and a 120 WHIP with 25% strikeout rate, 5% walk. I understand the reasons for excitement. I was just surprised to see that the 424-120 put him 38th. That's the part that I can't get over. How does that register as the 38th best pitcher already? Yeah, and I i mean, I know that a lot of people have said kind of what you're saying. You're like, oh, if he can just limit the home runs. I don't know that he can. Like, I'm, I'm really worried about this profile. Like, I've been, he never gave up homers like that in the minors, though. I mean, what he did last year was – give up just a crap ton of hard contact in the zone. Like, I'm like, I mean, the ridiculous amount of fly balls, ridiculous hard contact, ridiculous zone con. Like I, 
I want nothing to do with Bailey over. Like, guys, you want nothing to do with it. I mean, I guess in the right situation, no value on a 25% strikeout rate, 5% walk rate. Like, that core skill there, there has to mean something, no? Not if he gives up that many. His home (laughs) run rate is higher than his walk rate. I don't, I know. Like, I, like, um, yeah, one one point nine walks per nine, two point homers per nine. Like, if, if he wants to, if he wants to lower that home run rate, he's gonna have to start walking people. Like, yeah, no, and and not it's not like you just go up and blindly walk people. We've talked about this yeah. before, right? It's it's about you've got to make you better decisions late in the count and stuff. Exactly, yeah. it's about when you attack. Uh, I'd love to go through some of his homers. Maybe I'll do that. Go through some of his homers and see like, yeah, what's happening here? Are you just getting beat early because um, you're making bad pitches in the zone? Or are you getting in those sticky points late in counts where instead of maybe being a little bit more fine and working the edges, you're still pumping something in the middle of the zone that is getting hammered? I don't know. But when I saw Bailey over at 38, my jaw dropped. He gave up 11 of his home runs in 01 counts. Okay. so 11 of how many? He couldn't have given up that many. um, He only pitched 92 innings. What did he give up, like uh, like 20, 20 homers? Oh wait, no. This is this can't be right. They give up twenty exactly. So no, this can't. Uh, I got you. I got I got you on on the counts here for for homers. I think. Let's see here. All right. So in hitters counts, he gave up just one homer. In pitchers counts, he gave up nine, and then in even counts, he gave up ten. Pitchers counts nine. Okay. That that strikes me as fixable issue. To give up it, half it, your it, homers and pitchers counts? It should be fixable, but how do you do that? Like I, I don't mean, know. I need to investigate further. Yeah. I, I, TBD on that. Maybe we, need, maybe we need to do a watch party. Let's find a game in which he gave up a bunch of home runs and have a watch well, party. Well, I tell you this. Let me put together like a supercut of the homers. Ooh. Love that idea. And we figure out all of it. Let's do a Bailey Ober breakdown after the let – me, let me gather some stuff. Yeah, I think there could be something here, and if it is fixable, then we we should be in on this. If it's not, then maybe people are overhyping because I know when there is one simple fix, I fall for it too. Where I'm just like, well, there's just this one thing. Just turn this lever, and we got a guy. Mm-hmm. There has to be a reason to give up this many homers, though. So Bailey Ober homework incoming. We'll discuss Friday. Um, I didn't do a reliever because everything's so up up in the air. I did my mm-hmm. I finally did my reliever rankings y'all they're on the site but uh, I didn't do a reliever <laughs> for projections because who cares about reliever projections anyway did, no, you nothing get a lot of, did you get a lot of hate in your reliever projections no actually I, I was really pleased and, and thank you to those who commented saying like I know this is a pain in the ass thanks for doing it because you know it's more open than ever because of the lockout because on January 25th of a normal year all those mid and even lower tier relievers would be in bullpens right now for the most part. So we'd have an even better idea on some of the guest guessing for teams, but we're so far from that, that I have a guy 14th in my rankings who's on a team behind the number one closer. And that's because I firmly believe Craig Kimbrell is going to get traded. So mm-hmm. I'm operating as though that is the case, but there are some people, know. some people in the industry that are very much perplexed by, uh, I know, and, if they, ADP. and if they don't think he's going to get traded, I get it. But that's how I'm operating right now. Now, push come to shove, am I drafting him? I haven't been put to that test yet. I want to say that I I still would, but in my heart of hearts, I probably would take Corey Kniebel, who's 
ranked right below him, who could also lose his job because he doesn't he hasn't been anointed by Philly. They haven't said this is locked loaded. They could get Kenley as we talked about the other day. So there's just so much turmoil beyond like ten guys. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's out there. You guys can take a look. Feel free to comment. I'm answering the comments and all that. Uh, but it was it was a pain in the butt to, to figure out where I wanted to go with everything. And there's just there's so much uh, to kind of figure out still that uh, we need this lockout done. We really do, obviously, for many other reasons too. But the closer scenario would would obviously tighten up quite a bit. But that's going to do it. Uh, we are wrapped up at looking at potential gems from the bad X. We're going to look at potential fades next, next time out on Friday, including, and then we'll do the Bailey Ober homework. But uh, I'm excited by some of these potential fades. I've already put some on the list that you can see mm-hmm. some names to talk about some names to talk about. Yeah. But, some, uh, some names we both really either one of us either likes a lot. The other one likes a lot, or we both really like a lot. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to uh, discuss that one. We'll have to talk off air uh, about when we can record because I do have something in our normal recording spot. No problem. I know PitchCon's so. coming up, so we might be busy and we can have, we can figure everything out. But uh, until then, Justin, have a good one. Take it easy.